are like crazy ahead of schedule today, so that's a good thing. Gives us more time to have fun. You guys doing all right? Who said, oh, there we are. You know, you guys have heard me say my hearing is going. Um, It seems to be going rapidly. One of the really strange things about losing high frequency in your hearing is that you lose your ability to to directionalize things, and because that's kind of my hobby of acoustics things, I, I've kind of looked it up. But it's really strange because I'm, I'm experiencing it like all the time. Like when you hollered right then, it kind of made me think it was over there someplace, and I really have a, a, a terribly difficult time localizing where sounds are coming from. So, um, but it's okay. So I might get hearing aids. If I get hearing aids, maybe that'll help. So, but I don't know why my hearing's going, but it is. So. Part of us just getting old. <clears throat> so, prayer. How many of you guys? Um, how many of you guys feel like prayer is a, a strength? You're a prayer warrior. You feel like you kind of got the prayer thing going. Anybody? It's got to be one person. Too humble to say. Nobody. Jill, you don't. No. So who's got who's got the prayer thing down? Who who's figured it out? They do, do you do you pray as much as you think you should? <laughs> okay, all right, that's what I was looking for. Prayer, prayer, prayer. I don't either. Um. So if you're if you've not been around here and you haven't, um, the teaching task force. Uh, we discussed a few weeks ago about how we want to talk about prayer for a month or so, maybe longer. We'll see uh, where it takes us. Um, for me personally, this has been a topic that's been on my mind now for maybe three or four months um, about how when you see yourself personally or see your Christian community going through waves and changes in life about how you can so often see the roots of prayer where things are working and you see the lack of roots of prayer where things aren't working. Um, and so I've felt really, um, I felt a real burden that we as a community need to really be focusing on prayer um, as we kind of move on to this next step. And so if you're new around here, when I say the next step, this church has been meeting in one form or another for about eight years. Um, But recently, we have kind of restructured in a way unlike anything we've done before. And we're still trying to figure out even what that means. Um, But we have a lot of people stepping up. Um, It's it's a really exciting time. I've seen uh, several uh, folks in this community who I've always felt could step up and had that kind of as a part of their DNA. um, But for some reason didn't. And this whole process is beginning to open that up. So um, rooting that in prayer and... uh, moving forward is something I'm really excited about. So um, last week, Jacob talked, and tell me if you, if I misunderstood you, but, but I always look for a nugget, one nugget that I can take away. And you said when you think about prayer that you think about it, I believe, as you said, as communication. So I got that nugget, and it stuck. Um, 
And when I think about prayer, I agree with you. I think about communication as well. So then I was listening to podcasts yesterday. Um, the, uh, I want to say Mars Hill, but not Mars Hill. Where Greg Boyd goes to church, it is Woodland Hills. Um, Woodland Hills is doing a whole series on prayer right now. And they had a, a lady talking yesterday who was really, really interesting. So I'd recommend to you guys, any of you that are really wanting to dig into prayer, if you don't have a good source to get a little more info, um, go to Woodland Hills site and listen to some of their podcasts over the last uh, four weeks. And you're going to see a lot on there about prayer. But she said something that really stuck out to me. She said she saw prayer very much as uh, you did in saying it's, it's, it's communication. But she said she sees it as rapport. Rapport. So I, I dug in to see what rapport says. I know that's too little for most of you to read. But rapport is a close and harmonious relationship in which the people or groups concerned understand each other's feelings or ideas and communicate well. So it's like communication on steroids. It's this deep form of communication, this deep type of connection. That's what I see prayer as, as my ultimate goal for myself and for our community to be that kind of communication. And so then this question comes up. So can we really be that close to God? I think we can envision, at least I can envision being that close to Ryan. Where's Ryan at? Upstairs teaching? So Ryan, my friend, is upstairs teaching. But I can envision being having that kind of a connection. I'll go back. Maybe I can do this. Go back. Go back. Okay. Um, I can envision having a close and harmonious relationship in which the people or groups concerned understand each other's feelings or ideas and communicate well. I can see that with humans. But the question is, can we have that kind of close relationship to God? The kind of relationship that we might have with a parent, even, or a close friend. So what do you guys think? Do you guys feel like you've got that kind of relationship with God? Anybody? No? Anybody? Come on. Raise your hand a little. If, if right here at your head is is not having it and straight up is having it, give me a scale in between. So I see lots of oh, lots of them right. Oh, there's a little higher. Oh, yeah. well done. You guys are all at your heads. Okay, that's why you wouldn't raise your hands. All right. Harmonious. You don't like that word? Okay, we'll let it be. Can we be close to God? I think something we should kind of grasp and pull together is that this idea of being able to be harmonious with God is not the way it's always been. Because I think, if I were to ask you guys, is it possible is it possible, not can you do it, but is it possible for a human to have that kind of close relationship with God? But I get a few nods. Is it possible to have that? I, I think today that's kind of where we tend to run. It, it is certainly possible. Now, whether or not we get there or not, we had a lot of hands close to our heads. Um, and boy, if you're listening to a podcast, well, I guess I just explained it, though, so you wouldn't understand it. So, um, But it hasn't always been like this. 
there was a time that there was a lot more of a separation between God and us. So some of you that have not spent any time, maybe you're not even a Christian, um, you're agnostic, something like that. Um, or maybe you're a Christian and you just haven't had a chance to study it. You might not be aware that a few thousand years ago, three, four thousand years ago, it was not that way. Um, we used to be much, much, much more separated than we are today. Um, so I want to give you this little nugget to chew on here. Um, let me read this, and then I'm going to come back and tell you a little history behind it to help you kind of pull this together. It says, this is from, this is in Second Corinthians, so this is Paul writing. And um, you know what? If, instead of reading this, I'm going to back up here. I'm going to tell you the story, and then we'll read it. That'll be a little easier. Um, If we go back to the making of the Ten Commandments, the creation of the Ten Commandments, there's this guy named Moses. He goes up on a mountain. He gets this information. He brings it down the mountain. There's a crazy party going on, right? What happens to the Ten Commandments, the the first tablets? Anybody know? They they get broken. they're, They're done. Okay, so eventually he goes back up on the mountain again, and he spends this time with God. And he comes down this hill with these new um, tablets, with these commandments on them, these ways of living, these kind of cliff notes of how how one should live a life um, dedicated to God. But do you guys remember anything about his face when he came down that hill? His face was so bright, and it was glowing so brightly, it was huge, that the people couldn't look at him, right? It was too bright, and we're not going to go into this today. Jill and I had a long discussion about this, or a short discussion about this yesterday. Um, There's lots of different theories around why this all happened, but in a nutshell, he ended up having to cover his face with a veil, okay? So he had to cover up this face because it was so bright and then he would go back up spend more time with God in some different situation that said each time he spent time with God his face would get bright again so bright they couldn't even look at his face and then he would come back down and be with the people and he'd have to be covered up with a veil in the same way when he would be with God there are a couple of different examples where he was hidden from seeing God's face so he'd be with God having some kind of a communication with him he, in that situation, couldn't see God's face. Any of this ringing a bell to you guys? Remember these stories? We used to be separated. Okay. After Moses brought the Ten Commandments down, they began to create this tabernacle. They could move around. Later on, that transformed into being the temple. What do you guys know about this most holy part of the temple? Anybody? Could anybody go inside there? No, right. Very limited, right? It was very much separated. In the temple, there was this huge curtain put in place. And for this holy priest that would go inside the temple, he would go in there with a rope hooked to him. You guys remember this story? What was the rope all about? Huh? Yeah, because being in the presence of God was something that was so intimidating, so scary, so powerful that there's a chance he's going to die. 
I mean, they knew that when back in Moses' time, Moses could not see the face of God because he probably wouldn't live through it. And so they'd tie a rope to him so that someone else wouldn't have to go in there and die in order to pull him back out, right? There was a time that we used to be separated. That was the Jewish mindset. And if you think about Christ coming now, and Christ represents God, think about how big of a stir this was, right? Because now all of a sudden, this guy is claiming that he is God. He represents God, and yet he's a human walking around amongst us, having conversations with people. And when he died, this curtain in the temple, this separating curtain, was torn. Right? So this idea that this separation is real is no longer the case. So now let's ta- read about what Paul says here. Paul says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is a direct reference to that veil that Moses wore. Okay, I didn't know what that was, by the way. I had to hear that on the podcast. I'm not anywhere near sharp enough to figure this stuff out. Um, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This is new stuff, guys. This is New Testament. This is post-Christ stuff. This is very, very different than it was 3,000 years ago. And we all, here we are here, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This was a big deal, and it continues to be a big deal because this separation between us is no longer there. We can have this conversation. We can pray to God. We can have this father-son, father-daughter type of relationship. It's very, very different than it used to be. About 50 days after Jesus died and was brought back to life, we had this day of Pentecost. Again, another big earth-shaking moment because on that day, God put, allowed his spirit to come, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, we refer to it as, and be able to be a part of us, be able to be within us, be able to guide us. And again, that's very, very different than what they had had before then. Now, I like to think about these things. Was it not possible to have that Holy Spirit, have that God Spirit within us before that day? I, I don't know. It's confusing to me. It seems like it should have been possible. But it's certainly on that day, big events happened. Crazy things happened on that day. To, to kind of welcome that in. And from that day on, we can have high confidence that all this separation that was a part of the Jewish history is no longer there. Okay. So now, I'm saying all that to just try to get you guys warmed up to this idea of what relationship you're supposed to have. This is not, prayer does not need to be this thing where we're going and we're constantly, you know, getting in some strange position or whatever it is. I don't know why I said strange position, that doesn't make any sense, does it? But it's not this thing where it's, um, you know, at a particular time of the day, maybe just before a meal or whatever it is, that you have this communication thing happen. It can be much bigger than that because that's not the way my daughter Savannah or my son Chase and I interact. So if we think about the interaction with our own kids, it doesn't stack up at all the way compared to the way we oftentimes spend time and pray. Um, in First Thessalonians, Paul wrote this. He said, rejoice always, 
Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, I can't remember now what the King James Version says here. It's uh, pray unceasing. Pray, prayer. How, who said it? Pray without ceasing, right? Pray without ceasing. And um, that has been a real contentious topic about how that happens. How in the world can you pray without ceasing? What percent of your day do you guys think you pray? How much time do you spend praying each day? 10% of your day? 5% of your day? 1% of your day? 0.1% of your day? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say for most of us, it's well below 1%. That's a far cry from praying without ceasing, is it not? Pray without ceasing. It could be that we're all really bad people, and we are, so okay, so that's a piece of it. But it also could be that our idea of how you pray, how do you actually pray without ceasing, how is that possible, um, that maybe we're not grasping what prayer should be like. Because again, we always think about prayer, I, I think about prayer as this time of stopping, and like, okay, now it's time to pray, and so, you know, I kind of get myself in this mindset, have this conversation, turn it off at the end, and then I'm back onto my life, right? And it's like, okay, well, if I prayed like that without ceasing, life would be a challenge, would it not? Like, if I had to stop what I'm doing so that I could pray, and all I did is pray, then I'm not doing. Rob, do I make any sense at all? So if you're going to pray without ceasing, somehow or another that prayer has to be a part of your life because you've got to get stuff done in the world, right? You guys with me? You guys are a dead crowd today. How do we liven this up? Okay. All right. Okay. So I've got two questions I want to cover. I'm going to do this in about five minutes, and then we're going to spend time praying. So just so you know, just heads up. We're going to pray in a little bit, all right? We're going to pray for a while, all right? So if that freaks you out, then we'll work through that. So two questions. How do we pray to something we can't see, and how do we pray continually? Um, How do we pray to something we can't see? Have you guys ever noticed how good kids are at this? Kids don't have trouble with praying to something they can't see. You guys think about that? Do, do Do you agree with that, first of all? I'm just saying that. You don't have to agree with that. Do you guys think kids grasp this concept of praying to something they can't see better than we do? I think so. What do you think that is? Who said that? Good imagination. Ima- you, imagine. Imagination is not real, right? Is imagination? Can you use your imagination when talking with God? Ooh, yes. Yeah, we've not tainted them, have we? That's part of it. I agree. I agree. They're 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 little children. They're innocent. How do you pray to something you can't see? Um, this is a, an interesting thing because a lot of you know I'm an engineer. I'm a scientist kind of person. That's what I do. So I tend to lean toward trying to have facts for everything. 
And I've been thinking a lot about this concept of imagination, this idea of having images in my mind and thinking like, is an image in my mind a real thing? When you imagine something, is it a real thing or is it something that you make? Well, it could be both because I see people imagine crazy things, right? All kinds of nutty stuff. But I also realize that almost everything I do in my life happens in my mind before I actually do it. And that's something that's really, really weird to think about. I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. I actually, uh, the job I have is to make new products for the company. So I'm in a group that has to, so we have to come up with new ideas. And the interesting thing is that most of the new ideas that we come up with actually are completely developed in someone's brain first. And then they get put on paper. And so they become a real product in our brains before they have it on paper. When I think about things I'm going to do in life or I'm thinking about some action I'm going to take, I normally envision it in my brain first before I actually do it. Are you guys with me? It's kind of how we work. The vast majority of what we do happens in our brains, and that doesn't mean it's not real. So how do we pray to something we can't see? Well, it's actually not that difficult at all because it's what we do all the time. Look at Paul's writings here in Romans. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. So this is a physical thing. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then here's a good one. We, we love to talk about this first, but I don't ever think about it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not, be, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The things that happen in our mind are real. They're, they're, these aren't, it's not a, like some imagination crazy thing, and it doesn't become real until you can touch something. Things become very real, even when they, I mean, things are very real, even when they happen in your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do you pray to something you cannot see? For some of you, we don't put a lot of thought into that. We just kind of do it. Um, But for me, I'm finding that the more that I actually use my mind to envision God, it allows me to start that conversation. When I pray for someone here, so um, I was thinking about the other day, Stephen Shirley Freeze. I've noticed as I started thinking about it, like how do I pray when I pray for Stephen Shirley? I actually envision them. Do you guys do that? When I when I pray, I actually envision. Them. I actually envision what I can imagine God might be doing in that situation. So I use my imagination. I'm creating images in my mind in order to pull that off. And that allows me to not have to lock myself into this idea that prayer is this series of questions asking God for this or that or the other. It allows me to allow God to become a part of my day-in, day-out life, everything that I'm doing. Okay. So then that second question is how do we pray continually? That's the difficult one. How do we have this unceasing prayer. Scary picture?
Yeah, because the things you imagine have a direct impact on what you do. I mean, again, the time spent doing things inside our brain is a, is a very real amount of time. And so as we instruct and teach ourselves about how to use that thinking time in our brain, it'll have a big impact on what we do. Okay, so let's go back here. How do we pray continually? How do we pray continually? Um, oftentimes when we talk about praying, we talk about the Lord's Prayer. That's kind of a how do you pray kind of thing. But I uh, pulled this verse up, and the more I looked at this, the more I thought, this, this helps. This, this, for me, gets me to getting a better grasp of praying with unceasing prayers or prayers without ceasing, prayers that are continuous. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. All right, that heads us down that path. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. I love that too. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think. Think about such things. How do you pray continually? It's a package deal. It's not just that we pray, but we have to figure out how to work God into all aspects of our heart. When Judy talked about her example there of keeping her heart open, it's beginning to start this process of God interacting with you in all situations. One of my strongest prayer times in my life, and I still sometimes look back to it and try to figure out how I can get back there, one of my strongest prayer times was in middle school. Um, I had just become a Christian, and during that time, I prayed for everything. A, a teacher would have a pop quiz, and the first thing that would happen in my mind would be I'd just stop for just a moment and say, God, help me get through this pop quiz. And after the pop quiz, I'd say, God, thanks for letting me get through the pop quiz. And it, it was just, for me at that point in my life, because I didn't have all the junk in my mind that I have today, it was very straightforward and easy. So it's this idea about do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, present your requests to God. It's learning how, and this is only through practice, learning how keep this rolling. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to practice this just a little bit. Um, So what I want to do, it's 13 till. I want to, for roughly the next 15 minutes, I want us to take some time and pray. So uh, if somebody wouldn't mind to dim the lights down a little bit, that tends to take a little pressure off. And I want to guide you through what we're going to do. We're going to go through four different types of prayer. We're going to start off with praise, and I'll guide you, so don't get too wound up about this. We're then going to go into confession, and by the way, this is all going to be for today. This is all going to be one-on-one. Jill and I talked yesterday, and I was at first, sorry, I didn't tell you about this. Um, I was at first going to break this up into groups, and we were going to have each of these be a different group. But I really felt like after I thought about it this morning for a while that this needed to be one-on-one. Um, because I think that's the area that I want to focus on us being able to do today. So what we're going to do is as we take some time, I'm going to give you some guidance, and we'll be three or four minutes on each topic. And first we're going to start off with praising God, 
Then we're going to go to confessing and kind of opening ourselves up and getting the junk out of our hearts that needs to be moved out. Then we're going to go into a thankfulness. And I will tell you that these two here are tricky because oftentimes we confuse praise with thankfulness because it is praising in a sense when we thank God for things. But you don't praise your kids by only telling them about the things that you appreciate they did for you, right? You praise your kids because your kids are great. See the difference? So don't get these two confused. They're very different from each other, even though sometimes we kind of confuse them. So praise, confession, thankfulness. And then we're going to wrap it up in the end with what we tend to do in prayer, which is come to God with requests. And it's completely right on to come to God with requests. That was just in the verse we just read. But we don't want that to be the complete focus. Otherwise, we're like little spoiled brats, right, that only ask for things and don't ever get out of there. So are you guys with me? All right. So feel free to go anywhere you want within earshot so you can hear or you can just sit right where you're at. It doesn't matter. Um, in terms of how you pray, you can pray with your eyes open, eyes closed. You can stand up if you want to. You can lay down. I don't care how you do it. You can, If you want to get face down on your uh, uh, uh I just lost the name for that. What is it when you pray face down? Yes, not prostate. That'd be different, prostrate. Right, Stephen. Thank you. One-on-one, you to God, not you with another person. Yes, right. So this, this, yeah, sorry, didn't say that well. So what I'm talking about is each of us praying to God Uh, during this time and like I said I will kind of give you a guide uh, as we're talking as to um, what to spend time on for the most part I'm going to I'm going to be quiet for 30 to one second intervals so you can spend time without me annoying you so with that said I'm going to open us with prayer and then we can go into this is there any other questions okay great God this morning um, we come to you as a community we come to you as your children come to you uh, with all kinds of backgrounds and questions. We come to you as children that um, don't spend much time talking to you if we're being really honest with ourselves and honest with you. We ask this morning that this time together will be time that will transform us and will move us from being people that only occasionally talk to you more toward people that talk to you all the time, never-ending that everything that we do is a communication with you in some form and that you are so heavily involved in our lives that we can't help but look like, look like you. So we've got these four topics, God, that we're going to talk to you about and we're going to pray to you about this morning. So the first one is praise. So uh, for the people in the room here, as you think about praise, I want you to talk to God for the next uh, minute or two here, three or four minutes. I want you to think about Not things that you're thankful for God about. We're going to get to that. I want you to think about what makes God so amazingly awesome. What about God blows your mind? What are the attributes that he's got that you are just so appreciative of and that you think you are so fortunate to be his child? And just take time to just praise him and just have that conversation. If you need to talk quietly, move your lips a little bit or something, that's fine. Um, if you, as I said, if you want your eyes open or shut, that's fine. But spend time focusing on what makes him so great.
So God, you uh, you truly are amazing. You've been amazing in my life, and you you blow my mind sometimes with the lessons you teach me and the uh, wisdom that you pass along. Um, but now as a community, God, we want to move on to confession. And um, so for us here in the room, take some time and dig deep. F- figure out where in your life your actions, your thoughts, your hobbies, whatever it is, whatever you're, you're doing that is drawing you away from God. What are the things that keep you from being the child that you ought to be? What kinds of actions, what kinds of thoughts? What's pulling you away? And just spend some time dumping that out there to God, not only admitting it to him, but asking for his help in getting you beyond it. Asking that he can uh, help you to move to a new level, a more holy level in your life where that's not it. So let's spend the next few minutes in confession. All right, guys. Confession's heavy. Let's stand up. Um, I hope for some of you, uh, a little tension's been let go there. So if you can stand up, if you can stand up, kind of take a deep breath or something. I, 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 I just, I always feel that confession, it's just heavy. It's heavy. It feels good to get it out of you. Let me go to God. God, um, as a community, help us to let this confession light up a a purity in our lives and get rid of some of the ugliness in our lives. Help us to feel purified and help us to move forward in a way that brings you joy. And now, God, we're going to move into a time, a 
something that we're quite good at because we do we do this more often in our prayer life is our time of being thankful to you uh, thankful for just the amazing amazing things you do around us and so our community here guys um spend the next few minutes being thankful but uh I think it's, this is one that's kind of nice to make a little noise. So um, if there's something you're thankful for, just please, you know, not a paragraph, but just, you know, a one-sentence kind of thing, um, just go ahead and say it out loud. What are you thankful to God for? So that way we can kind of celebrate this together as a community. So, And by the way, this is a prayer as well when we're doing this. So, Anybody got something they're thankful for they want to share? I know you do. Thankful for this this group of, this, this community. I agree, Judy. I'm also thankful. Yeah. How many weeks now? 36. Yeah, that's awesome. It's nothing at this point. Cakewalk. What else, guys? What else are we thankful for? I saw your mouth move, but I didn't hear anything else. Oh, my goodness. Are we not thankful for babies? Yeah, children are amazing. Anything else anybody wants to share? All right. Well, just take some time. We'll go another couple minutes here on thankfulness. Okay, guys, we can go ahead and sit down. We're going to get into this last second section, which is a prayer request. Now, what we're great as a community at doing, and we're really comfortable doing, is sharing prayer requests with each other. Not, not everybody is, but this community in particular is pretty good about that. If we open up prayer requests, we get a lot of uh, discussion. What I'm not so sure, I don't know whether we are or not, but I suspect sometimes it's easier to share our prayer requests with each other than it is to, to go straight to God with them. I think that can be difficult for some of us, that if our prayer life isn't growing and we're not strengthening and getting that continuous interaction with God. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you a little bit. That We're going to do a time of going to God and requesting that he comes into and heals something in us, that he changes something, that he fixes something, that he guides something. This is a time to ask God, and he wants us to do that. But we're not going to do that as a community like we might normally do. I want you to do it you to God, because it's, it's an area we need to strengthen. That's something you can do 24-7. Requesting it to the community is something that we can only do when we're together, which is why we do that. But today, I want you to really focus on being comfortable, because there's some of you in here that probably aren't comfortable doing this. 
how do you make that request to God? So let's go back to God, and uh, then we'll turn it over to you guys to do that. So God, this last section is where uh, we're leaning on you as children. We're coming to you and asking for things. And God, I know that as a parent, I love it when my children come asking for things as long as they do it with the right reverence and the right understanding to recognize that I may or may not do what they want me to do, but that I'll always do what I think is best for them. And we ask that uh, you'll do nothing less than that for us. So God, as a community, we're going to come to you with 40, 50 different requests here simultaneously. And we thank you for being able to do that. We thank you for being able to hear us all at one time. And, uh, and we ask that prayers will be answered and that hearts will be changed. So uh, for the community here, let's just take the next couple of minutes and you guys just dump it on him in a respectful way, that is. But just dump it on God. Get your requests made uh, uh, or passed along to him so that you guys can have that relationship to start moving forward and seeing if those prayers can be answered. God, as we close things out here, my prayer for myself and for my family and for our community here is that we'll recognize that you're next to us all the time. You're waving your hand, trying to get our attention. You want to be a part of everything we do. Even the ugliness in our lives, you want to be a part of it so you can help pull us out of it. God, help us to use our minds and open things up so that we can have this communication with you. Help us to be able to hear you, sense you. Help us to be able to feel those times when you put a burden on our heart and say, we are walking the wrong way. And help us to be able to feel the joy that you put on our hearts whenever you're proud that we're doing exactly what you would want us to do. God, as a community, we ask that we'll be able to strengthen each other and that our actions will be the actions that drive us closer to you and not the other way around. Don't let us get together once we leave here on a Sunday morning and be a community that drags each other down. We want to be something else. We want to be something beautiful that you're a part of every time we're together. God, we ask that we can become a community that's known for prayer 
And that when people walk into this community, one of the things they sense is that you're in the middle of everything. That's our goal. And I think it's your goal for us as well. We love you and we praise you. We thank you. And we ask that um, our lives will bring you great joy and put a smile on your face every day. Through Christ we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Josh, you got anything else to share with us this morning? No. All right. Guys, there are a few visitors here today. And uh, as I've told you before, we're not always the best community at this. Um, but think about that a little bit. If you see somebody and you have not seen them before or you don't know them, please go say hey to them. Make them feel just as welcome as you would if they walked into your own home. Anything else? Guys, have a great day. As far as the kiddos go, we've got about five to ten more minutes, so uh, definitely at a quarter after, no later, please go up and get your kids. Between now and then, enjoy your day. Enjoy the absolutely awesome weather we've been given this weekend. So. I've got an Apple TV. Yeah, I've got.